Hey everyone, as always, this is Sophie and Sunny, and this is the Senior Year Podcast. Sip on this. Sip on this. So, So (laughs) everyone. Just go, go. Yeah, we can end this part. Anyways, so Sophie, um, we just released our very first episode, and we actually got people to listen to our project. What do you think about that? Um, I'm really excited that everyone got a chance to listen to our last episode, and I'm surprised at all the positive feedback that we got. But I just want to take this moment right now to say that I appreciate everyone who listened. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Same here. Like, we appreciate all those positive comments, those supports, loving. We loved it. We really enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. In fact, we also received some questions, actually. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah, um, well, as a result of the last podcast, some people have actually told me that you should get kicked off because you suck. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Sunny. But in all seriousness, I actually got a lot of people that told me to hold off on the bullying. So, Mm. you know, definitely a little nicer to you now. I hope you don't bully in this episode, at least. Well, what can we do? (laughs) We got to do it. All right, well, they asked, so I guess we got to listen. So as we mentioned in the last episode, towards the end, our podcast today is going to focus on nutrition conspiracy. So yeah, then tell me more about nutrition conspiracies, because I know you're very interested in this topic. Well, I'm interested in conspiracy theories in general, and I'm also very passionate about nutrition. And one of those reasons is because... Well, when you think about it, food is always something that we're going to need to sustain ourselves, right? Right. The idea for this nutrition conspiracy for me kind of came from when I was paying attention to the news, I would see always contradicting ideas about nutrition coming up every couple of months or so. Mm Mm-hmm. One of these ideas, for example, can be the debate between not eating meat and actually eating meat Mm -hmm. so what do you think well to me i personally love meat i cannot live without eating meat like i tried being vegetarian for i don't know for a few days i couldn't continue it because obviously i love meat and i know Mm -hmm. this is a bad habit because i know a lot of friends were vegan vegetarian and they always inform me like oh yeah like Did you know that consuming meat is bad for the planet? Mm -hmm. Like it has these side effects on your body and so much more. So, yeah. So would you say that it was your friends who drove you to stop eating meat? Well, actually, yeah, because again, I wasn't really interested in being vegan nor vegetarian because I couldn't keep that habit. But then Mm -hmm. because of the influence from my friends, I actually tried to stop eating meat because I know it's bad for my health and also bad for the planet. There's also a lot to do with like the types of food groups that we eat, right? It's not just meat, Mm -hmm. but it's also about like the three food macronutrients, which would be carbohydrates, fats, and protein. Right. And well, I don't know about you, but it seems to me that lately, like the recent fad, I guess, is low carbs. But in the past, it's been low fat. What do you think about this? Whenever I think about nutrition in general, like either I learn things in school or outside of school, 
there's always this organization or government that's always following whenever I'm learning new things about nutrition, which makes me crazy because my personal opinion, I feel like nutrition should be informed by the scientists, not by the government right. or any other organization. And like thinking about it, actually, it's the history of the government related to conspiracy theories is very big. And there's a lot of people that actually say that everything that we're told, especially by the government, is a lie. And I don't know how much I can believe into every single thing, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's a point of skepticism that we should hold in our head. A lot of people, I guess, don't really think about the food aspect of that. And I mean, beside that, I guess it's kind of one something I wanted to say is that so there's been a lot of scientists that I was I've been researching up for this episode, right? Yeah. And a lot of scientists um, actually have very opinionated um, ideas about death, right? And they're saying, oh, like sugar is the number one leading cause of death because it leads to obesity, and obesity causes like the top five sicknesses that lead to death, at least in the United States. There was actually in this article this doctor by the last name of yudkin in the 1960s that published his research findings that sugar and not fat was the leading cause of most maladies in this article it even says in 1980 after long consultation with some of america's most senior nutrition scientists the u.s government issued its first dietary guidelines but instead of becoming healthier we grew fatter and sicker right and yudkin's findings in the 1960s were not listened to. Yeah, I also read this article while I was researching on this topic, and it was crazy because I think John Yutkin was the first scientist who informed, or at least told the crowd that sugar is like the number one, like the deadly chemical that's harming our body. Like, what is the purpose of doctors, right? They're getting paid every time that you're sick to visit them. So what do they want to do if they want to make a living? They want to keep you sick. The government, as people say in the United States. Now, of course, take this all with a grain of salt. But they say that the U.S. is pretty much a corporation. And how are they going to keep making money off you if you're dependent on them? If you listen to everything that they have to say? If you follow their food guidelines? If you eat a lot of food that you don't need? I feel like this has to do something with the industry again because I learned this from school and I think the meat industry in the U.S. is one of the biggest industry yeah. in the country, right? So like It's all, again, based on the corporations. Like, right. follow the money and that will give you the answer. They like, don't want to lose, like, basically, they don't want to lose their jobs. They don't want to lose the money that they kept on making for the past few decades. So I guess that's one of the reasons why. Interestingly enough, it's not only a meat that's part of this, but carbs, like potatoes, fries, and oils, like stuff that I've never heard about. Like there's one guy on Instagram, which um, I can't remember his Instagram handle right now, but he was basically saying that in vegetables, there's something called antitoxins mm-hmm. that I have never heard about before. Mm-hmm. But supposedly it's when... Okay, so every living being on the planet, right, has a defense mechanism when they're going to be killed. And plants, because they don't have, like, teeth or claws to fend you off, 
they release something called antitoxins before they're or like when they're cut so that your body gets a signal not to eat them in the future but because it's become so industrialized now people actually support these diets full of just vegetables and fruits saying that they're healthy but other people are saying no like they're saying animal products are the best whether i believe it or not all of my beliefs have been called into question like same thing happened to me as well because i don't know if if it's because of my friends but every time i hear the word veganism or vegetarian like there's always um, positive comments about those mm-hmm. being vegan is very healthy for your body blah 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 i'm not trying to like criticize them but surpri- mm-hmm. like to me it surprises me how wow so everybody feels good when they eat only vegetables and fruits like i yeah. never heard someone say oh yeah like i tried being vegan but i felt so uncomfortable like i have to eat meat like i never heard those in the media like almost as if people are scared to talk about it which that actually kind of brings me to the idea of cancel culture like i've never been one to support it before mm-hmm. and i feel like low key if i start just like keep on hating on veganism right now like i can get canceled <laughs> but it's just that so many people just again they're scared to say their full on opinion which if if i can take a moment right now mm-hmm. if anyone if any listener right now wants to share with me their experience with veganism good or bad and especially bad because we don't get a lot of those opinions i just want to kind of bring them to light because i know that there's both sides of it for 3 months i actually was vegetarian and first month i think that i was vegetarian i felt really good mm-hmm. i was like you know happy um i had energy right like i was like clear minded and i was feeling fine and obviously i liked it that i wasn't like hurting any animals but mm-hmm. In the next following months, I was just kind of felt like depleted of energy. Maybe that did come from an outside factor that wasn't my food, but I just mm-hmm. felt like I had to always keep up and make sure that I was controlling the right amount of food that I was eating, like iron right. levels, B12, and I've had iron level scares in the past before when I was eating meat. So I know I had to be extra conscious of it this time, but I felt like I had too much responsibility. I'm going through so many like mental struggles every day to take care of myself. I don't know how I'm supposed to do more, more than like, like minimum. The... Yeah, I agree with you. Like we're already like going through a lot of things since the quarantine started. We're deciding our future right now. So can like take more responsibilities than right now. I guess some people can do it, but there's this this push for like everyone to be that way and it's hard. I've been thinking about this for the last couple of days in pre- preparation for this episode. Again, this is, goes along with a common theme that you know, we eat like three times a day, right? Mm-hmm. Food intake has become another form of like self-control. Back to when we were in kindergarten or when we were in middle school, like during health class, we always thought that yes, follow this food pyramid. You first have to eat bread and then this amount of vegetables milk mm-hmm. meat and then like a little amount of snacks 
Right. I remember at the very top, it was like chocolate, candy, sugar, Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff. Right. But while I was doing this research, I found out that this pyramid was actually not a healthy guideline for the children or even for adults. Why is that, Sunny? According to this professor in Harvard of Public Health, his name is called Dr. Walter Willett. He was mentioning Um, that this food pyramid is actually too vague to be an actual guideline for our health. Do you know what guideline he proposed himself? So this is a direct quote by him, and I'll just say it. It didn't recognize a difference between white bread or whole grains or between spinach and cherries. So again, he's tackling how the food pyramid is too vague to be followed. One thing, one other thing I wanted to mention is how beside just food, mm-hmm. I also saw a lot of other theories coming from this community of people related to this one guy on Instagram who supposedly they're also doctors, um, but they're like, they practice more, I think, alternative mm-hmm. um, medicine. So I have this question for you, Sunny, mm-hmm. for the listeners to listen to. Yeah, go ahead. What do you what do you believe in? What, what part do of this, I believe in? Yeah. What part of this podcast do you want to take away and say, yeah, this is what I do? No shame. <laughs> well, <laughs> as I said in the beginning of the podcast, like I have a lot of friends who are um being who are vegan, who are vegetarians. Again, mm-hmm. as I said before, they always tell me this is good for your health. You should also follow it. Think about the animals you're killing. And can you really call yourself animal lover? I call myself animal lover because I love animals. But again, they always talk about that. After hearing your the information you found either on media, mm-hmm. news articles, it really fascinates me because maybe it's because I'm surrounded by people who are actually vegetarian, but we never heard the side of the side effects of being vegan, mm-hmm. vegetarian, pescatarian. I mean, sorry to interrupt, but like besides mm-hmm. what your friends think, besides what I think, like what do you truly think? So here comes my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still believe that being vegetarian is a good thing because I care about my planet. I try to like reduce as much as I can, even though I might fail sometimes, but still I care about the planet. So I still think being vegetarian is literally a good thing, but I feel like I should still be like skeptical and I feel like I should not like fully trust the information that I receive when mm-hmm. I research about being vegetarian. Because yeah. I didn't mention this before, but I heard like this might be like completely false information, but I saw some people who had like bone disorders i think or like something wrong with their bones because they weren't like osteoporosis i don't know but something was wrong with their bones because they weren't consuming much calcium because Mm -hmm. they were being vegetarian but again this might Mm -hmm. be completely wrong and you know mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt but i'm actually taking calcium right now like once a week or twice a week i take like calcium supplement Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm, like, eating dairy, I'm eating meat, and I'd say I'm being healthy with it. But, like, even for someone like me, I just got my blood tested. I'm low on the sufficient side of B12, Mm -hmm. but I'm low on vitamin D and calcium. 
So, like, even meat eaters can be low on that stuff, too. So, exactly. Like, there's, I feel like there's no, like, generalization when it comes to nutrition because mm-hmm. I don't, I think you mentioned about this last time, like, in our very first episode. But again, like, nutrition studies can never be 100% certified because yeah. a lot of studies are self reported, as you just said in the first episode. So, Mm -hmm. again, I feel like there's no, oh, yeah, this is the answer for everything. I don't think that exists. And not only in nutrition, but in everything. There's no generalization Mm -hmm. for everything. So, I think if we're going to be really nuanced in what we believe in, I kind of want to say one thing that, for me, nutrition has always been about experiencing about what I feel good eating and what I don't feel good eating. And for me, there's a couple things that, like, generally with my self-experimentation, I have found to be that whenever I eat too much, like, too little vegetables, too little fruit, I always feel really sluggish. So basically what I'm just trying to say is that I think to be really nuanced in your own nutrition, and I think that you said it perfectly, nutrition isn't something that can be generalized. Um, so you should do some self-experimentation, like have one week where you just like kind of take away, I don't know, dairy and see how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, put in dairy back, but take, take away. away all desserts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the best way to find out. Right, definitely. Because, again, the whole purpose of this is just to make you healthy. Not to mm-hmm. follow that social trend or just to, you know, make you feel better than others. Like, the pure purpose for this is, again, just to be healthy. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting point that I want to mention while you were talking. So, you kept on mentioning, like, those supplementaries that you take for, I don't know, for calcium or other things. I don't remember what you specifically mm-hmm. mentioned i but... actually take for example mm-hmm. just saying vitamin d like every day for me to be honest i don't care about my health like <laughs> i don't take those supplementaries i don't like i don't even know if i'm low in vitamin d or calcium i don't know mm-hmm. I, I just don't care but what i really like follow strictly is i do intermediate fasting so mm-hmm. i don't eat for okay so i eat from 12 in the afternoon until 6 p.m. I follow really? that habit strictly. Yeah. Yeah. Although sometimes I get kind of like lazy. So I kind of eat after six. But still, <laughs> that barely happens. And yeah. Yeah. Actually, I experienced like a lot of positive things after doing the intermediate fasting because mm-hmm. I also had a doctor, doctor's check. Uh, yeah. Checkup from the doctors. Yeah. Checkup from from the doctors a few years ago and then they said I was kind of obese my weight was yeah I was literally just fat <laughs> compared to my height <laughs> and uh-huh. mm-hmm. so that's like the point where I decided oh I should really change my eating habit and actually lose weight so mm-hmm. that's when I started to do intermediate fasting and I'm not here trying to, like, say, oh, intermediate fasting is, wow, perfect. Everybody should follow. 
I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying my own personal experience. And yeah, like I experienced a lot of positive things. I lose like the one fascinating part from mm-hmm. this is I lost weight in such a short amount of time. Really? I think I lost 20 kilos in two months or three. But I would wow. say like two months. I know. When did you do that? I think during the break in our sophomore year. Sophomore to junior break? year? No, during summer. Yeah, during summer break. Like in the middle of sophomore year. Wow. I had never noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> Not to be I mean, mean. I just, I never, <laughs> I don't think, maybe I just didn't know you long enough, but. <laughs> Probably. Because I never told anyone that, oh yeah, I'm doing intermediate fasting because uh-huh. I just didn't feel like it, I guess. <laughs> but that was like the mm-hmm. most fascinating part from this yeah. habit, like diet. People say that they gain a lot of energy from intermittent fasting. Did you experience no, any of that? Definitely. Because yeah. I play soccer. Right. As you know, because you're in my team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember. I still remember. Before my sophomore year, man, I was like dying while running and walking back and forth. <laughs> During games, I was literally dying. But then after losing weight... I don't want to like sound dramatic, but man, I felt like <laughs> relief. Like I can run more, I can run yeah. faster. So yeah, there's like these positive outcomes by changing From it- my. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. that's wow. I'm really happy that you shared that, Sunny, because I don't think I would have otherwise gotten that insight. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, that's not a good need. No, it's good. It's good, it's good. Um, I think that was no actually though I thought that was interesting like for me I feel like I kind of do intermittent fasting sort of naturally just because I sleep at the randomest times <laughs> today I woke up at like man this is so embarrassing to admit I woke up at 5pm today mm-hmm. um, so obviously like the last time I ate was yesterday at nighttime and it's been hours since I ate but I think it's interesting how the hours in which we eat actually really affect Mm -hmm. like how we feel but I don't know if I would be able to do that like how do you wake up and then not eat breakfast because I always feel weak if I don't eat breakfast to be honest I feel like this is different from each person obviously Mm -hmm. right but yeah to me like even before I did this diet I never ate breakfast. So, <laughs> yeah, like to me, intermediate fasting was a bit easier than anyone else. And right. again, like before doing this diet, I slept a lot, just like you. I slept like, I don't know, 12 hours mm-hmm. per day. So when I started this diet, I already like accomplished like half of my diet because I sleep a lot. <laughs> I don't eat breakfast. So, to me, this diet was a bit easier. Mm-hmm. But, again, this is different from each person. Like, for you, eating breakfast is very important yeah. to you. So, mm-hmm. it might be like, very hard. Yeah, and I, just to add on to that, it's just that whenever I don't eat breakfast and I'm like, let's say I'm going to school, 
mm-hmm. that's when I feel like Ooh. kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if I'm just at home and I wake up at like 8 a.m., I don't mind not eating breakfast for like another three hours. <laughs> it's just like if I if I do any sort of work, I need that food. <laughs> but again, maybe yeah. it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. Maybe the idea of breakfast being the most important meal it's just been pushed onto us by Kellogg's. In Korea, again, mm-hmm. this might be my personal experience, but while I was living in Korea, breakfast was like it's one how- of the most important thing for mm-hmm. a person. So right. if you miss a breakfast, man, it's like the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how could you miss breakfast? No, yeah. like, that's why you're like, I don't know, depressed or <laughs> you're so unmotivated, blah, blah, blah. Like they always relate to, yeah, mm-hmm. because you didn't eat breakfast. And, I mean, this can happen because of, again, Kellogg, the media, or maybe it's just yeah. a culture thing. I don't know. Who never knows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's also something else that I saw. And, like, this can be, okay, this idea could be harmful if you exaggerate it. But a lot of people say that overeating is, like, really bad for you. And, of course, I think we all have moments where we eat a really good-tasting dinner and we're, like, stuffed. Mm-hmm. But... The idea of someone proposed it in this way that the idea of overeating constantly is like you're constantly get, gaining inflammation. I don't know, like inflammation causes us to feel so bad in so many ways. And like, I know this isn't necessarily like good science that we're talking about, but these are ideas that are pushed on to regular people all the time. And I feel like we just have to talk about them because normal people who aren't nutritionists get these ideas pushed onto them and they don't know what to hear. They're like, okay, so should I eat five small meals a day? Should I eat only two with intermittent fasting? Like, is overeating bad for me? Like, should I do fasting in general? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just so many contradicting ideas that right now it's hard to discern which one's the right one, you know? Right, definitely. I agree with that. But yeah, it's self-experimentation. So... With you, you know, you found out that intermittent fasting was good. I've actually haven't experienced too much fasting where, like, I actually, like, look at what I'm eating at the times. But I would like to try it out. It seems interesting. It is, actually, though. I know a few of my friends actually followed that diet. I don't know if they're still continuing. But mm-hmm. they said it was a bit painful, obviously, because you have to change your <laughs> habit. Right. But I feel like it's it's a pretty worth it diet if you have a chance go for it do you just eat whatever you want in those six hours before no because again my purpose was to lose weight so right. i was like nope i'm not gonna eat fried foods i'm gonna work out at this time i'm gonna gonna eat more vegetables but right now i'm just eating whatever i want i'm like yeah who cares about my health <laughs> like i'm just gonna eat like cookies at this time and then I don't know. I love ramen, so I, I'm going to eat ramen. Ooh, true. But still, I'm not, surprisingly, I'm not losing, I'm not gaining weight. So maybe it's because of intermediate fasting. Who knows? Yeah. And I've also heard of, I've also heard of people doing one meal a day where mm. they just eat a really, really big meal, like mm. all of their like day's calories wow. in one meal. And then they're not hungry because they just, I don't know if so I can far. ever do that. Mm. <sighs> I always get hungry after eating, I don't know, dinner or lunch, so. Anyway, I think we should probably wrap up this episode. We should. Yeah. All right. So it's been really good talking to you, Sunny. Mm, Me too. So for 
Mm-hmm. Cause... So, <laughs> so okay, go for it. Okay. So for our next episode, we'll be looking at university applications, research, um, and how it's actually like to be seniors in this quarantine time. Right. And not only that, we're just going to talk about, again, as Sophie said, like, what is it like to be a senior and have to decide about college? Like, uh, like all those applications we have to submit, like so much Mm -hmm. more. So yeah, Yeah. it's definitely going to be one of the interesting topics that we're going to address. And we'll also be having a special guest. Anyways, so next episode is going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. As always, I'm Sophia. And Sunny. And this is the Senior Year Podcast.